Hey there, and welcome to Everyday Awesome, a podcast featuring dynamic discussions with interesting, innovative, and inspiring people from all walks of life. I'm your host, Trisha G., and I'm excited and grateful you are here. I was that kid who pretended to interview people using a paper towel tube microphone, and I had a great time doing that. And today I'm having an even better time taking that playful reporter style passion to a real mic to bring you fun and enlightened conversations with amazing people doing awesome things. People who are game changers, inspiring themselves and others, never letting adversity stop them, impacting the world around them, and having a blast on the journey of this thing that we all call life. You may be wondering why listen to this podcast and who the heck is Trisha G? (laughs) Well, I love learning and connecting, and my background as a teacher, therapist, endurance cyclist, coach, and nonprofit leader have guided me to create this podcast for you. In each episode, my guests will be sharing nuggets of successful strategies, tips, and inspiration to lift your spirits, ignite your soul, and elevate your day. Stick around, hit play, and together, let's make every day awesome. Hello and welcome to Everyday Awesome. It is my pleasure to be here with you in spirit <laughs> because you're we're just going through this medium of energy and electronic waves and so we're I'm with you in spirit today through our audio voices and our ears and <laughs> the, our senses and the way that we're connecting today. When I record an Everyday Awesome episode, I feel like I am with you sitting together, enjoying a cup of coffee or tea, or if I'm recording later in the day, that we're enjoying a cocktail and chatting about fascinating topics with awesome people. So with that in mind, I hope you have a cup of something yummy (laughs) in your hand and you are feeling excited for this conversation together with my guest today. My guest today is an amazing leader, teacher, writer, and coach. I am just going to say that I think she is a total badass. (laughs) Her name is Sonia Singh, and she is the founder and principal of Sonia Singh International LLC, a leadership coaching and training company managing partners of a consulting firm and an adjunct professor at the University of San Francisco. Over the past two decades, Sonia has trained and coached over 2,000 emerging and experienced leaders in developing key leadership competencies. Oh, so such important work that she's doing. She runs a leadership growth mastermind where participants work on their individual goals together through a cohort experience, which is actually for myself one of the best ways that I learn is to have something experiential with other people. So I'm somebody who would benefit greatly from the type of work that Sonia does. Topics that she speaks on and teaches range from mastering your influence. I mean, who doesn't want to master their influence, right? Leading without authority, leadership presence, problem solving, and one that I really could use some help with, time management. (laughs) So important. Change management, career development, and personality assessments, which is super fun and very enlightening to have your personality assessed. (laughs) She holds a degree in psychology from Northern Illinois University, a master's degree from Tulane University, and a coaching certificate from the University of California, Davis. She is a certified master black belt 
in the process improvement methodology Lean Six Sigma and a certified coach by the International Coaching Federation. Oh, wow. (laughs) I get a little intimidated to have her on my show. So you'll hear more about her background and opportunities to work with her as Sonia and I chat. Sonia inspires me to be a better leader, and I love her why for the work that she does, which is to empower people to realize their limitless potential so that together we can share our gifts, nourish our souls, and elevate the world. That is really quite powerful mission and reason to do the work that one does. As a nonprofit leader, I am excited to learn from Sonia today. And there is so much to learn all the time about effective leadership and inspiring others to reach their greatest potential. And so this episode is going to be also for me and for you. (laughs) All right, so buckle up. We're going to start our conversation with Sonia Singh. Welcome, Sonia. It is very nice to have you on Everyday Awesome, where I host people who are interesting, inspiring, and innovative. And from looking at your bio and your background and just who you are, you fit all of those eyes. So you are the three eyes, girl. Wow. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, you're very welcome. And thank you for being here. And When looking at your background, you have so much experience in the area of leadership, which is such a challenging and rewarding field or way of being in the world or being in your work. I mean, leadership transcends personal and professional and just how we are in our community. And you wrote that you think that whether you're extroverted or introverted, no matter who you are, you have leadership in you. And so I'm very curious, how did you yourself get into the leadership game? Wow. So, yeah, so that's a great question. Well, I started my career in management, actually. So I was fresh out of school and I started managing a couple of medical practices. That was my first job out of school. And I was thrown into that role, but I had the, the title of manager. I was practice manager. However, I was not yet quite a leader. And so I learned quickly that there is a difference between being a manager and being a leader. And, you know, you can have that title, that formal title or that formal authority to lead a group, but that doesn't necessarily make you a leader. What makes you a leader is your ability to influence other people where, where people want to genuinely follow you because they believe in you. They believe in your message. They are inspired by you. They uh, have confidence in you and you give them a sense of confidence so that when you can inspire people to step into their greatness, to me, that is true leadership. But that's something that I didn't learn until several years into my career. And I started kind of looking around and noticing that a lot of the people who I thought were great, you know, were leaders, they actually were not maybe the best leaders. Um, And people who did not have that title, they were actually really amazing leaders. And so the, the title is completely different than what it really means to be a leader. That, oh, I love what you just said. And you summed it up because I've, as a, I'm a leader in a nonprofit sector and, and was a leader in some positions before that, but I didn't, I never quite thought about it until maybe five years ago as being the difference between managing and leading. I didn't consciously think about it. I was wanting to be a leader and striving to want to inspire people, but I didn't quite think about the difference between manager and leader 
and what it takes to be a great leader. I wasn't consciously, I was forming it, I was grooming, I was learning. But the way that you just sum that up is a great description of the difference. And just even with you and with me and with our listener, we know what the difference is. We feel it when we're around a leader. You feel the difference when you're around somebody who inspires you to want to bring out your best and to follow them where you say, well, wherever they go, I want to go because I know that I'm going to be okay and I trust and I know that we're going to be successful together. So you started off as a manager and you said that you have over 20 years experience in doing this work, which I find that hard to believe because you don't seem old (laughs) enough to have 20 years experience. (laughs) But so that transition from technically being a manager and then was it a conscious decision? Did you realize one day, you know what, I actually really want to focus more on leadership than I do on being a manager because you completely changed course. Honestly, it didn't really hit me until probably a decade later (laughs) that really what I really wanted to do was become a true leader. Um, But I was so focused on the title. And I think a lot of us get stuck with the titles, you know, the prestige that you want with the title. And so I was chasing the title. for, Uh. For a long time, I was chasing the title. And I so wanted to kind of keep moving up that career ladder. Okay, give me a new title. Give me a new title and give me more responsibility. Give me more people to manage. And at some point I I shifted that, that perspective to actually, how can I be a leader right now without the title? I mean, I, I did have, still, I had some type of title, but if I truly wanted to be a leader, I started thinking about, okay, well, what are some ways that I can inspire people and I can help them step into their greatness? How can I help people build up their confidence? How can I do that right now? And so I completely shifted. And so that probably happened, I don't know, maybe maybe less than 10 years ago, where I started thinking, okay, you know what? It's not about the title. I actually don't care about the title. When I let go of that, wanting that, that is when I truly, truly stepped into my, my leadership power. There's such a wisdom in that. There's such a wisdom in knowing that a title really, I mean, it does matter in certain ways. It can matter for salary. It can matter for making career changes and going up the ladder or getting that position that you really want. So titles can make a difference and it's not discounting them, but the realization that that's really not, you can be handed a title, but it doesn't mean you're that really that role. So you can be handed the title of a director or a leader. doesn't really mean you're a leader. Because being a leader is more than just, okay, this is the job I do. These are the tasks I do each day. It's a mindset. It's also a passion that's inside that gets tapped. And that is what I see on your face. And when you're talking about this, you light up. It's a, you are genuinely inspired and driven to lead people in the direction, not only of success in whatever business that you're doing with them, but in their own success. And actually, you know, I had a, I just realized I remembered I had a leader, I had a manager many years ago, so probably about 13, 14 years ago. And that is actually where I started witnessing some brilliant leadership. She, yes, she was my manager, she was my director, you know, and I was um, on her team and I had to take orders from her. You know, technically I was, the formal authority was there, but she was the, the first leader that I really, really looked up to. Mm. And, and the key difference between her and any anyone else that I have ever worked for was that she shared her power. 
she was not afraid to share her power. And I had never seen that before. Up until that point, I thought as a, a leader or as a manager or whatever, you had to protect your power and you had to, you know, you had to, you know, command authority. And, and she had a very different style. If you wanted to do something and you went to her and said, hey, I have this idea, she would say, okay, great, go do it. And she would give you, give you the permission to go and try something out. And if it didn't work, it didn't work and you'd move on. But I loved that she allowed us to do that. And I picked that up from her. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm so excited hearing that because it's the best way to lead, I think, because you get more joy as the leader by doing it that way where you work, you let people come and bring their passion and their ideas and their innovations. And I think it truly makes, I'm in the nonprofit sector. I think it definitely makes our services and what we do so much better because we work as a team, but it also in business where you would think, well, there needs to be more of a competitive edge. There needs to be more of that hierarchy. And it makes a organization, no matter how small or how large, much more successful when people feel like they genuinely are respected and their ideas matter. Well, you, you wrote that early in your career, you were told that while you could learn to manage, you could not learn to lead, that you're either born a leader or you're not. And you commented that you believe this myth for years until you realize that leaders are actually developed over time through direct experience, passion, and resilience. That leadership isn't about who has the loudest voice or even how much you know. This is so true. True power derives from the ability to make other people powerful, which is what you were just saying. If you can inspire someone to tap into their strengths with confidence and be exceptional, you are a leader. So, it sounds like I was going to ask you what broke that myth for you. And it sounds like it might've been some of the leaders that you had the fortune to work with. So I'd love to hear more about your, your perspective on what makes someone a great leader in your mind. Yeah. You know, that was an actual conversation that happened when I was in, in school in graduate school, we, we particularly remember this professor telling us that, Leader, you can't teach, we can't teach you how to be a leader. You can't, either you're born with it or you're not. What we're teaching you right now in management school is how to be a manager, how to manage. And so that was ingrained in my mind. And, and being an introvert, I really believe that you had to be an extrovert. You had to be this charismatic personality up there talking and, you know, um, and just being this big personality for you to be a, a leader. And I was like, well, that's not me. Okay, well, I guess I can turn that off. I, I'll just be a manager. And so that's what I believed for a long time. And I think it was the turning point was this one manager that I had who showed me that, no, there's a different, there's a different way. And there is a different definition that I hadn't understood up until that point of what it means to be a leader. And so from that point, I slowly started shifting and I started um, realizing, recognizing that, hey, you know, actually leadership is something I can learn. Yeah, maybe I, you know, maybe some people are born leaders. I don't know, but I can definitely look back and see moments where I was a leader, you know, even during childhood or even my early experiences. Yes, I stood up and I was a leader in certain areas and I can continue developing those skills so I can truly, truly be the exceptional leader that I want to be. That, oh, that is so powerful, I think, Sonia, because, you know, the listener, you, the listener right now, many of you are probably thinking, I totally resonate with that. 
because I'm an introvert or I'm not somebody who wants to be on the stage. I'm not a performer. I'm not going to have that booming voice that carries across the room and say, Hey everybody. And they all turn and look because I spoke and I have this, you know, dynamic personality. I think so many of the great leaders are not that style. And I think that's one of the great things about leadership. It's really about an inner strength and an inner drive to want to make a difference in some way, to want to have an impact. And you don't have to be loud or dynamic in that particular way to have tremendous impact. It comes in so many different forms. And, you know, I was listening when you were talking about as a kid, you can think back to some of the things that you did as a leader, even though you were an introvert, I was a total introvert. I was so shy. Oh my God. I was so shy. Like if the teacher was going to call on me, I'd be sweating and my heart would be racing. I'm like, oh my God, I got to get out of this room because you know, they're going to call on me. I mean, so shy. And then one year I had a teacher, Mr. Hanley, I'll never forget him. He was balding and he was very dynamic and energetic. And he set up our classroom where he put a stage in the middle of the room and he had all our desks around it facing the stage. And he put a microphone on the stage and he leveled the playing field and he basically gave everybody the opportunity to come forward and have to do the same things. You had to face the same fears you had to face. And so it brought out our strengths. And it was, my mom even commented to me a few years back that it was the one year she remembers me completely coming out of my shell. Like I was different because I'd been so shy. So by him, he would have days where you'd walk in and he'd say, okay, you know, Trisha, get up on the stage. You don't know what you're going to have to do. And you'd go up on the stage and you'd be, you know, shaking and all nervous. And he'd play Hotel California. He'd put on the LP because I'm that old. <laughs> records. And he would say, okay, sing. And so I know all the words to Hotel California because I had to get up and sing it in front of my whole class. He would have us write plays and then cast class members and direct it. And so you, there was a part of myself that was a leader that was happy to do that or could connect easily with my peers, but it just didn't come out naturally. I sort of needed it to be coaxed. I needed to develop it. And so over the years, I developed the ability to speak in front of hundreds of people without, without panicking, without medication. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's something where when you're saying that, I really do an example of what you're speaking to, because I worked very hard and consistently to develop the ability that you're talking about. And I've even taught at USF, University of San Francisco, which I believe you're teaching there now. I am. That's right. What is the course that you teach there? I teach project management. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. And it's such Uh, a good university. I'm in the School of Public Health um, and um, Health Professions. And so I, um, I teach a graduate course in project management. Great. I might sign up for that. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. I'd love to have you. I just audit that class. (laughs) You know what? So what you just described, the story that you just shared, I love it. I love that story. It sounds like you created some self-awareness to understand yourself better, understand your personality and and what it is that you're, where are your strengths and what are the areas where, you know what, I don't really like those, doing those things. And then where do you want to go? And you, you leveraged your skills and developed some additional things so that you can go and speak in front of people without having that anxiety, without, even though you were once shy, even though you're an introvert, yes, you can still be up there on stage speaking, making a difference, inspiring people. 
you don't have to be mm-hmm. this other person. You know, you can be yourself. I love that you did that. And it, it starts with having self-awareness on, okay, well, who are you? What are your strengths? What are the things that you're really good at? And what are the things that maybe are not your forte? It's, it's just something that, you know, you don't really enjoy or, or it, it depletes your energy. It's, it's important to know those things. Absolutely. You know, when you said that depletes your energy, I think that's absolutely true that we are our most successful and best selves when we are in our flow, when we are in that connection and state with our, with our natural way of being. So, you know, it might be that we're naturally a little bit shy, but when we're in interaction with other people and we're having that exchange of energy, that's what, what I discovered about myself is yes, I'm shy, can be a little bit insecure. And that, that made it hard to stand up in front of people and be the, be a leader. But when I'm doing it, and there's an exchange of energy, ideas, information, we're igniting each other, we're brainstorming. Like when that happens, that is my sweet spot. I love that. I love that. And so now what, what's happened, I pushed to speak in front of people, to teach that class at USF, to do the things that it terrified me. It was so hard and I'm not making light of it. It was very hard. And I did it anyway because I knew that it's something I wanted. And I knew that the insecurity or that shyness was just something I just had to work through. It was just getting in the way. So I was working through it and that I'm more natural, really who I am is I love talking to people and I love connecting and I love building and I love creating and inspiring, whether it's a a service for a nonprofit, whether it's a team, you know, doing project management or doing something with business, it, it doesn't really matter. And so that's my natural way of being. And I figured that out. It took me years, but I figured it out. So now when I speak to people and when I speak in front of hundreds of people, I am standing there imagining, well, I'm just in conversation with these people. I may be the one doing most of the talking, (laughs) (laughs) but we're actually in conversation. We're there dynamically. There's something going on. And so what I was going to ask you, you alluded to a few things about being in our knowing who we are, knowing what's natural for us. And you do, reminded me of the Myers-Briggs, where you learn about whether you're introverted or extroverted as far as where you get your energy and what depletes your energy. And you mentioned depleting energy. And that is where I think some people, we can have such a hard time if we're in a position that's not aligned with what actually gives us our energy. And that we may think we're unhappy in the role, but it may just be a misalignment because it takes your energy more than it gives you your energy, depending on who you are. So with the work that you do, how do you work with people to help enhance their leadership ability to help them go from manager to leader, or if they are a leader to be an even better leader? What do you do? How do you work with people to strengthen that quality? That's a great question. And there's many, many parts to the answer. There is so much that we can do to definitely develop, you know, your leadership skills. It starts with that awareness that we, we talked about having that self-awareness. So the very first thing that I do when I work with people is help them create some insights, some self-awareness around, okay, who are you? And let's look at your, your natural tendencies. We, we look at different, um, um, I use a personality assessment to help them look at what are your natural strengths, your natural talents, your natural inclinations? Are you someone who gets energy from speaking and and going out and mingling with people and meeting strangers and making new friends? Does that 
give you energy or does that, not that you don't like it, you might still like it, but it could deplete your energy. Or are you someone who prefers to stay at home, read a book and, and that gives you energy? You know, for someone who let's say is an extrovert, like my mom, my mom is an extrovert. It drives her crazy when she's home alone. She's like, I, this is depleting my energy. She needs to get out and talk to people. And <laughs> absolutely, yeah. she, she needs that. And versus someone who is an introvert like myself, I love meeting people. I love going out there and talking, but it depletes my energy. And I know that about myself. And so I have to build in time in my day to replenish. I have to replenish my cup. And so I think helping people understand who they are, what's natural for them, what are the things that deplete their energy, helping them figure out ways, systems that they can replenish their energy so that they can keep going on that journey of personal development and that journey of leadership development. So that's where where we start. And then I'll I'll help them really think through, well, what are the, some of the things that, well, what, what are your goals? Because everyone has a different goal. Okay. What is your specific leadership goal? Why do you want to be a leader? What's so important about this? And so I help them pinpoint their why, why, you know, you have to know what you're striving for. The how will come later, but you need to understand the reason, the reason behind what's driving you. And if you can get crystal clear on the reason why this is important to you, then you can start creating a plan. You start creating this vision. Okay, this is who I want to become. This is who I want to be. And this is why this is what this is what my life is going to be like. This is who I'm going to impact. This is what I want to see in the world when I when I do this. So I help people design that future state. And then the last part, you know, then there's the steps to, okay, now I will hold you accountable. Now I'm going to help you walk through that journey. Um, so I take people through a whole process of self, self-awareness to understanding their why, to then developing their, their map, their vision for the future, and then all the way through following through on all of those, those things. Wow. <laughs> I'm just <sitting> here <laughs> thinking that sounds amazing to me, you know, cause we're, A lot of people, the listeners are in their positions, they're doing what their work is, I'm doing what I'm doing, you're doing what you're doing. And there's parts of everything that we love, but then some of us are thinking, well, there's more. There's a part of me that's not being fully tapped. There's a part of me that I know is not fully coming out. And it could be that we just haven't gotten that connection to our why or really taking the time to pause and think, well, what are my goals? And what is it that I want to leave? What's the legacy in each moment or in each day or in each month or in each year or in my life that what do I want to leave from this work that I'm doing? And you and I were talking about this before we started recording about how we can get caught up in the weeds of doing the work and not pausing to think, okay, so what else can I be bringing to the table? What part of me is not coming out? And it sounds like you're able to help people to find that connection at a deeper level with themselves professionally and personally, because it affects both areas and how they want to bring that to the table. And that can strengthen their position they're currently in, or you probably help some people discover that they want to be doing something else. And then you help them make a transition. So it's the, you help, it sounds like with the practical steps of implementation and almost a business plan, strategic design of their goals, their life, where they want to head professionally, personally, whatever it is they're coming to you for. And then you also bridge that connection. I just love that. 
Yeah, actually, you just uh, reminded me, by background, I'm a process engineer. I, For the first part of my career, yes, I was a manager. I was leading departments and leading organizations, but I was also a process engineer. I was looking at designing. I would design processes, make them better, improve them, help organizations improve their systems so that they can get the outcomes, the results that they want. And so over the last several years, I've been taking the same strategies, the same processes and applying them to your personal development. Okay, if we we can apply that to the business world, we can apply that to our personal life and to our careers, right? So so I take that and 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 you know when you're working in a business setting and you're trying to you know you hire a consultant to come in and and assess your business. Okay, well first you have to have an assessment. Where are you? right? What, what's going on in your business? What, what's happening? Can, do you truly understand everything that's going on in your organization? Once you do that, then you have to, then I help, I used to help businesses look at their, their purpose. There's one company that I'm working with right now, and I'm actually coaching the leaders in her organization. And one of the problems that she came to me for was that her people are not inspired they're not driven enough and she's very concerned. She's a, she's in a different generation. (laughs) She's in a different generation. Her, her directors are all operations directors and they're all millennials. um, And they all have a certain, you know, there, there's certain similarities between them and she's concerned that they're not driven and they're not focused on results. And my question to her, so I had a lot of, a lot of questions, but one question was, what's your company's mission? What's your company's vision and how are their personal you know, missions aligned with your mission. And she stopped, she stopped and she said, Sonia, I don't have one. Her mm. company has been in existence for 12 years, very successful, you know, multi-million dollar revenue generating company. She does not have a vision, a mission. She doesn't have any core values that she's established for the company. It's no wonder that her people don't feel inspired. And so for her, She's driven by outcomes, which is great. That's her company. Of course, she's driven by outcomes. But her people, that's not what's going to motivate them. So one of the things I'm helping them with is getting to a point where the entire team, they're going to now create a shared vision and a shared mission statement. Speaking, um, reminding me of culture, the culture of an organization. And that's a prime example of how you can be very successful in outcomes and have a thriving business, but you're going to be limited to really the potential of where it could go and where your team could go and the satisfaction of you as a leader and everybody you're involved with without, by not having, taking that time to create the vision and to connect and inspire. And like you're saying, it's, you know, you want to have your shared cultural organizational vision and core values. And you also want to get to know your team because each team member is inspired by different things and the way that they want to be inspired, the way that they want to be acknowledged, the way that they want to show up is different. And so it's this culture of the whole team as an organization as a whole, what's our mission, what's our core values, and then getting to know each of your team members. So millennials, for the most part, are going to be inspired by different things than some of us who are more baby boomers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so it's it's a very interesting time to be navigating those changes. And I, I found myself wondering, this time of remote, you know, shelter in place, it, work where you're not, most people aren't even coming together. I mean, we're starting to open up more, but it's been a year of working apart and working over a computer with your team in, in a lot of situations. 
How have you seen that shifting the way that we create our culture, the way that we work together, the way that we are, people are as leaders? Yeah, you know, actually when the pandemic first started last year, uh, at that time I was a head of culture for a company and my job, part of my role was to help people transition to the new norm, which was, okay, we're not going to be meeting in person anymore. We're, we're going to be working virtually. We went from a hundred percent on-site to hundred percent virtual and it happened overnight yes. and it was hard. I mean, from March, 2020 to about April, May of 2020, that was a really difficult period for uh, people that um, for, for pretty much anyone who went to a virtual environment and who wasn't used to it. And uh, one of the things that I implemented was made sure that every week we had touch points. And I made sure that one, I created a place, a virtual, um, basically virtual meetings, virtual hangouts, whatever, for people to come and connect with one another. We had so much interaction. It was, it, and it blew my mind how much people needed that. I mean, for people who are have families or have people in, in their homes, maybe they're not as lonely, but there are a lot of people who are, who live by themselves or they, they don't get that interaction. And, and so they actually looked forward to going into the office and meeting their colleagues and, and all that. And all of a sudden that was gone. And so um, I didn't realize how much it meant for them to just come together on zoom and connect with their colleagues and, and share stories and, and just see their, you know, share with one another what they've been doing. And that was really helpful. Another thing is we made sure that across the board, every single uh, supervisor and up was, we made sure that they all had daily huddles. So this is a, this, we're now we're getting into kind of another topic, but it's important to touch base with your team every single day, especially if you're not seeing them, you know, um, you know, you're not, you're not meeting in person anymore. So that level of connection is gone because you don't see them anymore. You're not in the same room anymore. So now you have to create other ways to stay connected and doing these really quick 10, 15 minute touch points every day. It was a really great way for the leaders to stay connected with their, their, their staff and the staff to feel connected to their leaders and, and with one, one another and stay informed on, okay, all right, everyone, let's huddle real quickly. And okay, well, what do you have going on? What, what issues do you have? Well, how can we help each other? How can we support one another? And so these daily huddles became so, so important and so critical, especially when we started uh, you know, going virt- in a virtual environment. I love, so the this, this staying connected and finding new ways to create the connection, finding new ways to bond and really inspire each other and to even see faces and to hear voices one of the things that I'm running into with with my team, who's amazing, I mean, we we transitioned very, very well, and they've done an incredible, incredible job in providing the services and keeping people safe and lifted up and inspired. And um, But one of the challenges that, that I'm facing that I think you're going to be working with as well, if you're not already, is Zoom fatigue. Yes. So our team is on Zoom providing services rehabilitative services over Zoom, which they had to transition and learn how to do, and the clients had to learn how to do. It's amazing. It's amazing testament to the adaptability of our souls, right? Now it's, so I do connect with the team once a week, but to do a touch point every day on Zoom, they're burnt out. Mm-hmm. They're on the computer all the time. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of the the challenges that I find as a leader is how how to support the team and keep them inspired and engaged 
when they're working in a way that isn't their natural way of wanting to be. They want, they like the in-person rehabilitation and now it's on the computer. Uh, are you, are you coming across that in, in the businesses and the leaders that you're working with? Yes. Yes. I think initially zoom was, was this great thing. Everyone was like, yes, let's get on zoom. And then, <laughs> then, then everyone started doing it. And then all of a sudden now it's back to back zoom calls all day long and people are, are fatigued. And uh, so, yes. So I think there definitely needs to be a balance there. So what I'm seeing people do is so instead of zoom now, sometimes I ask, can we just make it a phone call? Because I, <laughs> to be on, because, you know, trying to be on, on zoom, you know, with the camera on all day long can also be very exhausting. And sometimes it's just a quick little call you need to, to make, to, you know, get some answers. And so it doesn't have to be this big to do over zoom. So ask yourself, what do I need to accomplish? If it's, first of all, if you're trying to get some work done, maybe just pick up the phone and just call the person. If it's connection that you're looking for, then maybe a zoom is something you want to, because you can see Mm -hmm. their faces, you can see their expression. You can kind of feel the warmth through the the computer screen so that you might want to do that. The other thing is we've been sitting where we sit all day long over zoom or we're meeting, you know, meeting and we're sitting all day long. So I love when people just stand up and, and sometimes actually yesterday I was coaching someone and poor woman had been sitting for, I think 13 hours. And she's like, I'm just exhausted. I said, okay, we're going to just stand up right now. And I, we both stood up, we both stretched and, and I said, okay, just take a moment. And having those building those little moments in is so important. I'm yes. stretching. <laughs> I'm stretching. <laughs> Building those moments in, and even maybe even during your meetings, before you start your meeting, we call it a mindful minute. Um, I used to do this with my team at the beginning of every, every meeting, you just have a mindful minute and say, okay, all right, everyone, we're just going to, for one minute, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to talk. And um, sometimes we played music or we, we, we would put some kind of guided medita- meditation or something on. Um, and we would do this and it, it was amazing. I mean, the, even the naysayers at first were like, this is weird. <laughs> you know, like the, the executives were like, this is weird. But then it was like, actually, you know, oh, wow, that one minute is all we needed to kind of ground ourselves. And, and now we're ready to meet and do work. Absolutely. Absolutely. You mentioned the mindful minute. I literally just saw an article a couple of days ago about how meditation, so mindfulness, pausing, meditating, changes your brain structure. And there's certain areas of the brain that they found literally more gray matter from people who have been meditating for a period of time. And even just five, 10 minutes a day literally changes the brain structure. So memory, compassion, there's areas of the brain that literally there's neurons and connections that are created from meditating. So that mindful minute is, is powerful. It's really powerful. So if people who are not quite into meditation, I say, well, are you into your brain? You- <laughs> are you into having more brain cells <laughs> and more connection? <laughs> so it's, um, that's a great tip. I actually read your article. I loved your article on how to get two hours back in your day, which kind of relates to this because you talked about how it takes our brain 23 minutes. Oh, when I read that number, I mean, I knew about this, but I didn't quite know it was 23 minutes to get back on track after being distracted. And that it's called context switching. And that's as simple as if the phone rings and you answer a call and then you try to get back to, let's say the grant that you're writing or 
whatever it is that you're working on. And so in your article, you provided key tips that we can do every day that could give us up to two hours of our time back because we can return to focusing in less than 23 minutes. And when you add that up over the course of the day, you get up to two hours or more, right? For me, it'd be more, I think. And so I so need to do this. And your tips were get rid of physical distractions. So being able to close your door, find quiet time, go work somewhere else. Oh, and move the phone. (laughs) Turn your do not disturb on your phone so you don't get those interruptions on your computer screen. (laughs) You and I did that before we started recording. And that has, I mean, we're completely focused on each other and on this discussion. And there's nothing pulling. I mean, every now and then my dog walks by or the cat in the screen. And so I noticed, I noticed that. Other than that, and it didn't take me 23 minutes to come back to you after I see my dog walk by. But it's very minimal distractions and it's powerful. It's really powerful. And these are great reminders. I'm going to share this with my team as well. Doing sprints every 90 minutes. What's a sprint? So a sprint is, is basically you, you set the timer and you focus on one small goal. So if you have a big project, let's say that you're working on, take one aspect of that project and say, okay, I'm going to work on this one aspect for this period of time. And so you can set shorter sprints. You can do 20 minute sprints, 30 minute sprints, but you want to set, it's basically you're blocking time out to work on a small chunk, like a small chunk of a, of a goal. And you want to make sure you schedule it and then you put the timer on. And when that timer goes off, then you do a quick little check and you, you know, that's when you stretch and, you know, make sure that you're moving around and then go back and look at, okay, do I want to keep this going? Am I doing, am I making progress? Maybe you want to keep that sprint going and you, you continue on that goal or you say, you know what, I'm done with this task and now I'm ready to move on to the next thing. It's a really great way to keep you focused. Yeah. Context switching. Conscious context switching. <laughs> exactly. You're switching, but you're not being interrupted. That's the difference is it's not an interruption. It's on your terms. It's on your terms. You're scheduling it. You know, you're building in breaks so that you can check in with yourself to see, okay, am I on track? Is this where I want to go? Or do I want to do something different versus someone else interrupting you and, and kind of taking your focus away? And the, the third thing that you had offered as a tip was to take a short active break every 60 to 90 minutes, which I find also amazing for getting away from the blue screen, either your phone or the computer, stretching your eyes, because when we're on the screen, we're looking nearsighted. And they say that every 20 minutes, you should be looking away and looking at something distant if you're focused on something close up so that your eyes stay in kind of practice of, you know, <laughs> looking all over, not just at a close-up screen. And when you say active, you're probably talking about getting off, off our bums and moving around and getting fresh air, or it's, it's, it's not just taking a break to go check Facebook. It's no, getting yes. up. <laughs> getting up and doing something different. So getting off of the screen, the main thing is to get off the screens, right? We're so stuck to our screens, whether it's our computer screen, our phone screen, our, our TV screen, you know, we're just so stuck to our screens. And like you said, our eyes can't take that for too much, you know, for too long. And you need to, to now kind of focus on something where you're looking kind of in the distant, you know, yeah. so the screens. I was actually just heard this just recently. I was listening to something a, a couple of days ago and they said that when we are looking at our screens all day long, it's a form of like, you're kind of building that claustrophobic feeling 
where you're, you know, the, the feeling of claustrophobia is you're stuck in this small box, right? And, and you know, you're like, yeah. no, I, you, know, you, want to, you want to expand. And the person who was talking, I can't remember who, who it was, but they said when you look at your screen, you're creating the same level of claustrophobia. And so it's important for you to step out, go outside, go somewhere where there's like more space. You're not stuck on the screen. You're looking, you know, at the sky, you're looking at the trees, you're looking out, out in nature. And that's a really great way to kind of balance, balance yourself. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. But, you know, it relates to a topic that we were discussing yesterday when we were having our social lunch, because <laughs> we ended up in these conversations <laughs> that were kind of strange. <laughs> and we ended up laughing and saying, well, how did we get on this topic? And then we said, well, we're not used to socializing. <laughs> 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 and we all were laughing so hard because we realized our social skills are probably a little challenging <laughs> because we've been we've been more isolated with just your little pod, you know? So, and that talking all day on the computer screen, if that's our type of work, my gosh, I hadn't thought about that, but it relates to it. And so one thing that I do every day is I talk to somebody I love. I have some connection on the phone, hearing somebody's voice of somebody that I love. So every day I try to call somebody. And that to me is a great thing to get outside, feel the sun. I mean, feel the sun if you get sun where you are, <laughs> feel the sun and hear the voice of somebody you love. And that can help, I think, take you out of that claustrophobic box, you know? And so one of the things that I saw in some of your writings and your background is you mentioned emotional intelligence or EQ. And you mentioned that as something that you help leaders build. So for you, the listener, I thought you might be interested in hearing if you don't already know, what is EQ? What is emotional intelligence? And why is it, is it important that leaders build this and take the time to build this skill and ability? So emotional intelligence is the other, is the flip side to, so IQ is your intelligence, your cognitive intelligence, and it's the, and EQ, it stands for emotional intelligence quotient. And it's basically looking at how well you're able to regulate your emotions, how well are you aware of and able to regulate your own emotions, how well can you empathize with other people's emotions, how effective are you at managing relationships. So it's looking at one internally. So how do you see your own emotions? How do you process your emotions? So that's one is self-regulation. And then the other part is, is external. So how do you now empathize with other people and are you able to recognize what people are thinking, feeling, what they're experiencing? Because that'll then help you with managing your relationships with them and your social skills and your, so, your ability to actually resolve conflict. And so, so your EQ, your ability to deal with you know, the emotions of, your, of yourself and others is something that's just as important and maybe even more important, uh, researchers are finding now, that IQ. When we're talking about success, Yes, of course, cognitive ability is very important, but your emotional intelligence is just as, if not more important in in determining how successful someone's going to be. That makes so much sense and absolutely critical to effectively leading anybody, including yourself. (laughs) The emotional intelligence muscle, you know, honed and exercised. So, okay, great. That makes so much sense. We're getting close to the end of our episode, which happened so fast because I am very much enjoying this conversation with you. I am very curious to know, who do you think 
some names that we might know. Who who do you respect? Who do you think is a great leader? Like, do you have mentors or people that you look to and say that person's a great leader? So I think for me, I think that there's a lot of great leaders out in the world, but there's no, to be quite honest, there's no one leader that I say that is the one leader who I want to emulate, or that's the one leader who has it all. I think that we can take great characteristics and great lessons from a lot of the the great leaders of the world. But again, everyone has their own flaws and everyone has their own challenges. And so to be quite honest, there are certain leaders where I'm like, wow, this person is amazing. And then you find out something about them and, you know, you find, realize, wow, they're actually, you know, it's not so great in the empathy, (laughs) you know, in the empathy arena, like they're not so good, you know, they've made some statements that are just not, so you start realizing that no one really is that perfect role model. And so, so honestly, I have mentors, which I definitely do have, uh, but now I am looking at people more as what do I admire? What qualities do I admire about them? And what qualities do I want to maybe emulate myself? So it's not necessarily the person that I want to emulate. It's the qualities in that person that I want to emulate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I understand what you're saying. It's, there are people who seem to be amazing leaders. Like, well, look at the Dalai Lama, right? You would think, okay, Dalai Lama is an amazing leader. And then if you look more closely or you sit down and have a conversation with him, or you see how he's leading, there's something he probably could be doing better. <laughs> there's something that things, cause he's so Dalai Lama is somebody I have tremendous respect for. And I think I see him as a leader in a very kind and strong assertive, but it's an inner power in a way that isn't overpowering and extroverted. So I've been in his presence and he watching him laugh has been one of the greatest experiences of my life. I mean, if you've been in the room with him and you've heard him laugh, it moves you in a way that it's incredible. It's true, true joy when he laughs. He's expressing true, true joy. And that's, it's very inspiring as a leader, but I'm sure there's other things. So I love that looking at people and it may, it, it also looks at the humanness of us, that there is no all encompassing perfection in leadership, that it's pieces, strengths from individual people. So I understand what you're saying. So my dear, Tell us, the, you, me and the listeners, <laughs> what is it that you're doing now? So do you have anything that our listener can participate in or ha- what are you offering where people can work with you and learn with you and grow with you? Yeah, great. So I have a mastermind that is coming up. I have a, it's called Leadership Growth and it's a, it's a small group of small cohort that I'm pulling together of either aspiring or experienced leaders who want to develop their further develop their leadership skills. And it's a 12 week program. It starts on March 9th and it goes until. That's the the day that this episode is airing. Fantastic. Perfect timing. (laughs) Perfect timing. Yeah. So it starts March 9th and we meet every week, every Tuesday evening for three months And during that time, you get coaching directly by me. You also get coaching by other experts. I'm going to be bringing in guest speakers on different leadership topics. And then you're also going to get to mastermind with your other cohort members. And so we're going to have so much fun just getting to know one another and and just helping people overcome some of the struggles that they may have in their leadership careers. And so some of the things that we're going to be looking at is how to crush that imposter syndrome. We're going to look at the science behind 
imposter syndrome. Why does this show up? We're going to help people create some self-awareness so they can get over the imposter syndrome, learn how to own their value, learn how to captivate with a strong executive presence. Mm. We're going to teach people how to build resilience. And then the last thing is we're going to teach people how to build and leverage their VIP network. Networking is connections. It's all about connections, right? So how do you build up your professional network? And then how do you ask people for help the right way? Well, there's a right way and then there's a wrong way to do it. And so we're going to actually help people create their network. And then we're going to show you what's the right way to ask for help so that people want to support you. They want to cheer you on um, versus turn you off and say, okay, this person is asking too much and I, you know, I don't have the ability to help them. We want people to cheer you on. We want people to see that you're not just about taking, you're also about giving. And so how do you do that? How do you build those kind of connections? Those are the topics that we're, we're going to be talking about in the mastermind. And mm-hmm. I would love to, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to have other people you know, join if anyone is interested. Also, we have lots of other free resources available on my website. So if you want free training and other resources, definitely, definitely check out my website. So for the mastermind, I know you and I were talking before we started recording. I think you have a couple spots left. So it would be great for anybody interested to connect with you and check it out. So going to your website, which we'll put in the show notes so people can link to that. But if somebody's listening, what is your website that they could go to if they got so excited that (laughs) after they hit stop on this episode, they go right to to your website? What is your website? Yes. So go to www.influentialleadershipacademy.com. So that's my main website. And if you want to check out the mastermind, it's it's influentialleadershipacademy.com slash mastermind. Okay. And I know that you're offering a discount for anybody who's listening to this episode. Doesn't have to be on March 9th. I think, can people join a week later or do they need to join by that day? Can they join within that first week and get in touch with you? So if it's after, you definitely can join, but I want to make sure that we can be connect to make sure that this is the right fit for you. But I do want to make sure you know that there, everything is recorded. So once you join, you get access to all the recordings. So even if you joined maybe a few days late, it's not going to be a problem. Oh, good. You'll have access to, yeah, you'll have access to the recording. Also, I want to offer a discount to all of the listeners to your podcast. So if, it, if anyone is interested, I want to give definitely give you a, a 20% discount and hope that that will, that will help you and, and make you want to come and join us. Oh, that is very kind of you. Thank you so much for doing that for our everyday awesome listeners. That is quite a gift. And you are really a beautiful light in this world and in impacting, you know, I guess what I want to say is that I believe in the ripple effect of when people help one person, you don't even know the ripple effect of where that's going to go and who is going to be helped by that. And I think by helping people to find their inner leader, to strengthen their leadership abilities, to create more success in their personal lives and their work lives and the businesses that they run, the organizations that they work at, is going to lift up and help so many more people than we even know and that and that you even know. So it's pretty powerful and uh, really want to acknowledge you, Sonia, for what you do and for being a guest on my show today and for offering that discount. 
Okay, Sonia. So we only have a couple more minutes. One of the things that I love to ask my guests to help you, the listener, to summarize some takeaways. What are three things that we can be doing each day or on a regular basis that will help us to be better leaders in our own life and in our business? One thing I would say is to check in with yourself every day. At the start of your day, the middle of your day, at the end of your day, check in with yourself and ask yourself, what's going on? What am I experiencing? What's, what's happening? Just take moments for yourself. Build those moments in. Number two is at the end of the day, ask yourself, who did I help today? By asking that question, you're, you shift the focus off of yourself. And even if you're, you've had a bad day, you've had a lot of challenges stressful day, but you end your day on, okay, who did I help today? It channels the leader in you, right? And you start thinking about, okay, I'm here to serve. And I did help someone today. I guarantee you helped someone today. So focusing on that. And then the third thing is getting grounded in being intentional about everything that you do. We are so used to going through the motions day in, day out. And we often get stuck, like you said, in the weeds just doing, 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 and take that step back every so often and really look at what am I doing? What do I want to be doing? Is this what I want to be doing with my life? Is this what I want to be doing with the work that I'm doing? Or is there something bigger than this? So I would definitely say, you know, check in with yourself throughout your day. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself, your emotions, and you're taking care of yourself. And then second thing is, Ask yourself every day, who are you helping? And then the third thing is to take a step back and look at the overall picture of your life and your career and start creating more of a vision, a higher level vision so that you don't get stuck in the weeds. Yeah, pausing to see if you're on track with what your own goals and almost your business plan for yourself. (laughs) Are you on track? But the biggest thing that I'm taking away from all three of those. I'm going to do all three. And the biggest thing is it's the pausing, taking the time to connect and reflect each day, which I think is is very important. And thank you for those. Oh, and so my last question to you is, who is Sonia Singh? Who is she? I am someone who is on a mission to help as many people as possible realize their limitless potential because I believe that once that happens, that we can all collectively share our unique gifts. We can nourish our souls and we can elevate the world around us. Mm -hmm. That's why. Absolutely. And I have to, you are a beautiful, wise soul, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on everyday. Awesome. (laughs) It's so, it's so fun to talk to you. And I really enjoyed this conversation today. And thank you, our listener as well, for joining us without you. This is still a great conversation, but it just between Sonia and I. So thank you, the listener, for taking the time to hit play and listen to us today. I hope you've enjoyed this time with my guest, Sonia Singh. Join me again for my next episode. 
And if you'd like to find out more about Sonia Singh, I'm just going to say your website again, www.influentialleadershipacademy.com. Here is to finding some awe in your everyday. This is Trisha G signing off until we meet again. Hey there, and thanks for listening to this week's episode of Everyday Awesome. How lucky are we to have had this conversation today, learning, growing, and being inspired together. I am so grateful to have had this time with you. And if you like what you heard, please share it with a friend, family member, neighbor, or what the heck, share it with a stranger. (laughs) And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, suggestions for future guests you'd love to hear from, comments or feedback for me, you can reach me directly at everydayawesomewithtrishag at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and let's make every day awesome.